Since Buffalo Wild Wings is always open late, here are a few things you'll enjoy. Buzzer beaters, wings in 21 signature sauces and seasonings, and great deals on food and beer. Grab select domestic draft beers starting at $4. $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms, and deals on select liquor and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Catch all of the late night action. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Confession Session. Tiffany Haddish, Cardi B, and Chadwick Boseman makes time's most influential people. A hairdresser intentionally gives men HIV and cuties known as cocaine babes brag on Instagram of their drug trafficking and now they're in jail. What's good, you guys? It's your host, Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, Jono Delo, and you're listening to the one and the only Confession Session! Hey, you got to get hyped for this Sunday. What's going on with you, Jen? How you been? How you doing? <laughs> Nigga, I, you can tell it's like it's been a while and I've been so checked out. I forgot the damn intro. I was like, wait, what, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> God damn. Over here straight fucking. But I've been, I've been all right. Just so busy, so tired. Like, I, I work. You know, six days a week in school and, you know, life and uh, just trying to be a better person. So, you know, <laughs> just kind of just not into, you know, I haven't really been up on anything. And, you know, even like I haven't even talked to you, my sis, you know, and, I, you know, I feel bad about that. It's just. I understand. Uh, you know, we all, so we all live our lives. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I'm going to get through it. I'm going to keep pushing. You know, I ain't dead. You know, I'm still mm-hmm. alive. So, you know, I have a lot of things to be grateful for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what's going on with you, though? Oh, nothing much. Same here. You know, school, work, um, no fun, mostly all, all work. So, just, but I did enjoy my Sunday. Um, I stayed in bed till like, 12.40 today. Yeah. I got up around 6, got up again around Seven, um, like not like just got up, ate something, and then from there, yeah, I, I laid in bed. I went back to sleep. Like my husband, and my son, they was doing their thing, so I was like, let me uh go back to bed. So <laughs> I laid down, and then after that, got up, did some schoolwork. This last week of school for a week, I'm excited, and mostly all my work is done. My goal is to have everything done by Thursday. So I can just enjoy like a week and a couple of days to myself. Like, yes, I can't wait. Look forward to it. So, yeah, it, it's been pretty smooth. I'm excited. Five more courses to go. And the, your girl's done. She's done. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, uh, all right, y'all. But the, but the reason why I was the host tonight, and I didn't tell you because I was actually, I was doing Taibo before. We got on air. Like, I haven't even showered yet. I'm, like, straight sitting here in sweat Ooh, being real gross. I know. I feel horrible. <laughs> you, heard, you heard that one time, like, I ran to your house, and, like, it was raining outside, and I was running. You know there. I remember. Uh, I smelled horrible. Yeah, like, it was the worst. I was like, Jen, hop in the shower now. Like, don't sit on my couch. Get your ass in the shower. 
right now. Right, it was, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, but you I was, was really you was not playing. No dedication. No, I used to I used to be faithful, like, and I'm trying to get back to that. So, yeah, I've been trying to like work out, like you know, almost every day. But yeah, I've, I've lost 14 pounds, so I'm happy about that. Oh yeah, yes, but, damn. Mm-hmm. That seemed like it was quick. I know, I know. I want to say I started like last Sunday, like trying to meal prep oh, and wow. things. Well, yeah. keep it up, nigga, because you're doing yeah. a good job. Thank you. I just need to get this weight up off me so I can live my <laughs> best life. You know, and not struggle and not breathe hard all the fucking time, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Breathing hard is the worst. Especially when you have to come upstairs and then the first thing you do when you open up the door is you see people, you try not to breathe heavy, but you need to hurry up and log in. Just <laughs> so the boss can know that you made it to work on time, okay? Right. <laughs> like, you trying to keep it together like, like you ain't tired. I hate that feeling. You, you be like trying to breathe slow to yourself. Like. <laughs> people be looking like, at you, you look even more awkward. Like, <gasps> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm just, ooh, girl, let me log in real quick. <laughs> like, no, right. talk. let me get my breathing right. Straight sit down in the okay. chair. So, <laughs> trust me, I know all about it. But, yeah, that's, that's what's up, though. That's good that you're working out and you back dedicated and you're trying to get it popping. And, yeah, let's see what, what summer looks like. you like to lose the weight because I'm going to be big as hell. So. <laughs> well, you're carrying twins, but, you know, once, once you know, Twins will fall to you. I know you. We'll drop down in no time. So we'll don't even see. Up. Let's see where I might get bigger. You know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, before we get into those hot topics, don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and of course, this podcast from Log Talk. Send us those confessions at confession the number two. Confession the number two us at gmail dot com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in that drama. Jean, why don't you go ahead and hit them with that confession question of the day? Absolutely. Confession question of the day. Name a movie that traumatized you as a child. Again, name a movie that traumatized you as a child. And let's get into those confessionals. All right, y'all. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so according to ChronicleLive.com, a Caucasian hairdresser is responsible for giving men HIV on purpose. He is the first man in the country to be found guilty of intentionally setting out to spread the virus. His crimes were branded a determined, hateful campaign of sly violence. He demanded unprotected sex if the men said no. He wore a condom, but he had secretly broken and put the infection into the condom. Well, so he can infect them. Um, he was persistent and insistent, and he became aggressive and abusive. At the time, he was also contracted with herpes, um, and so that made being able to pass HIV more likely. Doctors said that he was coping well with his, diagnos- with his diagnosis, but became mm-hmm. concerned when he stopped turning up to appointments and he refused treatment, which made him less, less contagious. Um, he was warned that he could be prosecuted for passing on the virus, or for putting someone at risk of contracting it. Um, by this time, two of Rose's victims had gone for tests at a sexual health clinic in Brighton and were diagnosed with HIV. Health professionals became concerned and called the police when both provided similar descriptions of the person that they had sex with last. 
um, the Texas they launched Operation Brick Hill and Arrested Row in last February. And the police, they said when they interviewed him, he originally lied about being HIV positive or knowing the first men, the two men who came forward. The investigation prompted a health um, warning and a public announcement, which urged gay men to get tested if they've been involved with this man matching the description of him. Um, after widespread media coverage, a third victim came forward. So after being diagnosed in April of 2015, Rohe met the man on um, a gay dating application of Grinder and had sex with eight of them in Brighton between, excuse me, in Brighton between October of that year and February of 2016 before fleeing to the Northeast where he was on a run from police targeting two more men. He sent mocking messages after they had sex, after he had sex with some of the men. Um, the messages included, like, I have HIV, LOL, oops, and I'm riddled. Um, the jury, they were shown pages of conversations between Roe and his victims where he taunted them in text messages and became abusive after they had sex. Both police officers and prosecutors, they praised the bravery and the strength of the characters of the victims um, who all came forward to give this evidence to the court. Jen, what is your thoughts on somebody who is purposely going out there and, con- like, you know, contract giving these people this, this virus? That is just ultimately horrible, disgusting. Like, I hope the fan rides in hell. Um, just very disappointing, very scary. And a cautionary tale, you know, for people to always use protection. Always be mindful of who you're laying down with. Like, you know, stay off that, them hookup apps like Grindr and Tinder and all that shit. Like, just meet, I mean, just meet people, get to know them, you know. Be honest. If you're just looking for sex, you know, just say that. But, I mean, y'all need to get tested yeah. for You can't be out here just landing low and spreading it. Why? Because mm-hmm. people are disgusting, you know. Um, and so was this in America where this, this guy was doing this? Um, you know, I don't think they said. Actually, let me see. Um, well, keep giving your opinion. Let me look and see. I know that. It was in Brighton. I'm not really sure exactly where Brighton is. Oh, yeah, so that's probably not America then. But, um, I mean, it's just really unfortunate. It's really scary, you know, the fact of even if you caught it, you know, by accident or you trusted somebody, still, like, you have that. You take the you take the risk every time, you know, you sleep with somebody unprotected, you know. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it may suck for you, but, I mean, you can use that as a way to, you know, teach other people and, you know, let them know your story and be open and honest. Like, I don't know. I just feel like me, if I was to ever contract an STD that was like, you know, can't go away, you can only, like, reduce it, I just feel like I would just be by myself. Like, I wouldn't, I would not, you know, because I definitely would not want to be with the person that gave it to me. Right. And then also, I mean, I'm just not going to be out here spreading or risk spreading it. Like, to me, you know, herpes, even herpes, I feel like it's just too much. I mean, I I guess some people are okay with that, but I just feel like I would be one of the people that's just like, no, I'm single forever. It's okay. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I thought it was absolutely horrible. And you did it on purpose, and then after you did it, you became abusive. And then after you became abusive, you be uh you sat up there and you sent me messages. I'm so oh by the way, LOL, I'm riddled and I got HIV. Like, bruh, I'm about to come over there and beat your ass. Like, right the fuck right now. Are you you right. talking? You are you for real right now? So 
that would have been just really horrible. And, yeah, I, I feel like, because people, they was like, yeah, you know, we need to use rubbers or whatever. And when he was like, no, and became all mad, I was like, well, you know, I don't think it's a good idea then because you're doing a lot right now. And that got me thinking. So I definitely right, like, I, I was uncomfortable with somebody like like saying that. I remember like back in the day, and you know, I would be talking to people, and you know, before I was still, it was like one time where this guy was just like, yeah, you know, when I was like talking to him or whatever, he was like, yeah, I don't really use protection, so you know, I like to go get tested, and you know, we get to know each other, and I was just like, I always use protection, so uh, nah, nah, next case, you know, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world out here, especially now with the younger generation. <clears throat> you know, we talked about this on the show. You know, they it's a lot of them. You know, majority is men that do have HIV. You know, they're full-blown, and they're all between the ages of, like, 15 and 24. Like, that's our younger generation. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Now we got to be a little nervous, too. Our kids messing around with some of these 30-some-year-olds, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying, trying to put it down on them. With these infections or, you know, even hopefully, you know, being in a relationship, you know, your your husband or your wife, you know, cheating and possibly bringing that back to you because they thought that they were going to get something better. Like, mm-mm, it's scary out here. You got to be careful. You're right. You are right. Well, that's all, y'all. We're going to go ahead and move on to that next topic. The Tennessee House approved an amendment Tuesday that stripped the city of Memphis of $250,000 that would have been used for a bicentennial celebration in 2019. The Associated Press reported that the last-minute amendment change was intended as punishment for the city of Memphis for the removal of Confederate statues in city parks. Excuse me, you guys. I got shortness of breath from working out. You said what? I said, bless you. Bless you. Oh. The statues of Nathan Bedford Forrest and Jefferson Davis were taken down in December of 2017. Um, Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland reacted to the news via Twitter. The Shelby County members of the Tennessee House who stood up for Memphis last night on the House floor. We have a great local delegation in the General Assembly, and I look forward to continuing to work with legislators to move Memphis in our state forward. Some Memphonians, uh, some Memphians, I don't know how you say it, you guys, have opted not to stand by Isley. A GoFundMe page has been established to help the city recoup the money that was taken away. Um, Memphians have, oh, excuse me. Memphians have started a GoFundMe to raise 250000 the amount some state lawmakers have removed from the city budget in retaliation for taking down the Confederate statues. The campaign is titled Memphis Budget Replenishment. The post reads in part, if you are Miffian, Tennessean, um, or general supporter of the removal of these statues in our community, please consider donating 25000 of U.S. Um, 25000 of us donating $10 each will replenish the dollars lost. All money raised will be given to the city of Memphis. Our city should not be punished by the legislator for making decisions in the best interest of its community and its citizens. <clears throat> So how do you feel about that, Ms. Angel? Absolutely. A hundred percent, I agree. They should not be, it's ridiculous that they're being penalized for taking down what they don't believe in and what's not good for their community. Um, 
I, I want to donate, you know, so yes, uh, GoFundMe, definitely $10, like, let's do that, because it's, it's like, are you serious, Tennessee? Like, you racist bastards, like, $250,000 you took from Memphis because because they don't want the Confederate bullshit up? Like, that's crazy to me. It's not unexpected, obviously, but I'm glad Memphis, they're taking a stand and doing exactly what the fuck they want to do. And they're not scared. And they're like, okay, yeah, you took this little money away from us. Get Watch us raise it. Watch us re-raise it. So, yeah, I'm happy for Memphis. And I just hope that they don't continue to pick on, um, Tennessee don't continue to pick on Memphis. What is your thoughts on it? It's just crazy how, like, the law or, or people who are lawmakers are put in place. And this is something I'm learning in, like, um, I'm taking American government this semester. And it's just like, People are really put in place to stop certain shit or, you know, they're supposed to be for the best interest of us and they, at the end of the day, are in the best interest of their demographic, you know. And because there isn't much diversity, or now it is becoming that, but, you know, before it wasn't much much diversity in governments, you know. It would be a bunch of old white men and, you know, they would make decisions for old white men. So, I mean, it's just really unfortunate. <laughs> uh, it's just really unfortunate and stupid, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, it's clearly the Confederate, the whole reason they try to make it something different, say it's heritage, you know, it's based on slavery, and you all lost the war. So somebody being for that is the true definition of un-American because the North won, you know. Like let mm-hmm. the shit go, right. but um, but yeah. All right, y'all. But yeah, we're gonna go ahead and move on to that next topic. Okay, guys. So this is a crazy topic. According to LowHud.com, about fifty people, including two in New York, have been sickened recently by E. coli linked to romaine millions of eggs have been recalled across the country with concerns of salmonella contamination. Health officials say track the E. coli risk to romaine lettuce from Yuma, Arizona, and warn consumers to throw away lettuce if they are unsure of its source. Meanwhile, stores are scrambling to put eggs off the shelf in the, uh, due to the salmonella threats. Now, how these outbreaks they compare so far to other foodborne illnesses outbreaks that have hit New York is that um, it has been about 1,100 foodborne illnesses outbreaks from 1988 to 1998 to 2016, according to most recent numbers available, from CDC National Outbreak Reporting System. The toll on public health um, here included 31,500 illnesses, 3,350 excuse me, 3,350 hospitalizations and 133 people have died. So clearly this is a serious issue and it should be taken lightly. Now, the CDC estimates that one in six Americans get sick from contaminated food or beverages each year and 3,000 people die. The U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, estimates that foodborne illnesses cost more than $15.6 billion each year. And here's what foodborne illnesses outbreaks originated in New York over the past 20 years. So, Jen, I'm just going to go through, like, a few of these and give you some numbers for you to think about, and it's crazy. So, 
As far as private home and residence, there has been uh, 178 outbreaks. 53 people have died. Um, 5,000 people have been in the hospital or uh, has broken, has reported the illness, and 1,000 of those individuals were in the hospital. Now, if you went to like a fast food restaurant, they're saying that there has been in New York um, like 21 outbreaks, one person has died, 200 something people was in the hospital, and over 1,000 people reported the illness. Now, it's a long list. I mean, they talk about sit-down restaurants, grocery stores, and uh, colleges. There's been outbreaks of 25, 150 people hospitalized, but nobody died. And even in um, nursing facilities and hospitals, there's all there still have been deaths and outbreaks, and many people saying, "Hey, they've you know broken out with these illnesses due to the food that had been cooked there." You know, and I'm not surprised. I've gotten food poisoning before from McDonald's, so you know that's that's common. But anyway, this just kind of lets you know that like you're not safe anywhere. But for more details. Um, pertaining to, like, the E. coli outbreak that was linked to the lettuce and the eggs and all of that. Um, you guys can check Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or you can kind of call the number 1-800-CDC-INFO, which is 800-232-4636. So, Jen, does this really surprise you that so many outbreaks are happening and, you know, eggs and romaine lettuce are getting pulled off the shelves or told to be tossed away? Um, no. I mean, of course, I mean, I have a little faith because I do buy, you know, stuff from the grocery store or whatever, vegetables. And, you know, recently in North Carolina, um, there was a spread of, like, salmonella or salmonella outbreak or something like that because of eggs. And it was, like, all the Walmarts in North Carolina has removed their eggs. And also, like, Food Lion, which is, like, excuse me, Food Lion is kind of like Pick and Save, you know, back in Milwaukee. But, yeah, they had to move remove all their eggs and everything. So it was a huge deal. Um, and to me, it's just it's just interesting that the government doesn't pay enough attention to something that could ultimately affect the masses. Like, they're so leaning it on something I feel like is a big issue, and they want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it just from, we, we take a $250,000 away from a city for making a decision that was, the betterment for the betterment of all people, but you are letting people just consume anything and not even paying attention. Like to me, <laughs> like right, that's like, stupid. Know. Exactly. It, it, but it was it was bad. It was like really scary. Um, even like someone like around the corner, like one of my neighbors, like around the corner from me, like I thought they had like the CDC outside their house, and I'm like, oh my god, like there's someone like what's going on? But yeah. Mm, wow. It's horrible. It's horrible. They probably still had the eggs and shit like, yeah, I'm sick. Something's going on. I still have them at the house. They probably just grabbed them like, okay. You know, just to check and see like where they bought the eggs and stuff from so it can actually be, you know, recorded and marked as, you know, with evidence and all of that stuff. But anyways, all right, you guys, enough about the CDC. We're going to go ahead and move on to that next topic and be careful when eating eggs and buying romaine lettuce. <laughs> New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is about to make some major changes. On Wednesday, he announced that he will sign an executive order that gives parole felons a chance to vote again, according to the shave room. 
Um, the move comes after the New York legislator shot down the measure. I'm going to make it law by executive order, Cuomo said, at the National Action Network's annual conference. In this state, when you're released from prison and you're on parole, you still don't have the right to, to vote, Cuomo said. Now, how can that be? You did your time, you paid your debt, you're released, but you still don't have the right to vote. The order will give over 36,000 parolees a chance to have their voice heard. The governor said that this was a necessary move because the Republican-led Senate was against passing a law that gives parolees who did their time their voting rights back. I think this is a great decision. Um, you know, it. Uh, I, you know, a lot of people from jail. You know, they been they don't have anything to do, so they're reading up on stuff. They are paying attention to what's going on in the world. They are, you know, trying to get degrees and stuff like that. Well, a lot of them are. I can't say all of them, but to after you do your time, you know, from what you did, why should you still be punished? You already punished for everything else in the world. It's hard for you to find a job. You have that label. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's for dumb shit like weed, you know, just stupid things like that. Like, you shouldn't deserve to not vote for the rest of your damn life. You know, so I think that's really good. And the fact that it's going to give so many people a voice that they didn't have before uh, could really help out with the next election as well. So, yeah. What do you think? No, I thought it was super dope as well. Like, definitely. That it would be if they were to be I, – I need to form my words. Because I have so much, like, going on that on my mind about this. But I feel like if they were to give people that were, you know, felons, because I, I feel like felons can't vote for the most part. You know, convicted felons, they, they don't have any voting rights anymore. Um, that would be a major change because there are a lot of people, you know, there are a lot of men who, women too, who don't have the right to vote. And I'm sure that they would have interests interest that are similar to that of, you know, a lot of other disenfranchised groups. Um, and Republicans know that. So I felt like it was it's something that's very necessary, you know. And this is a time now to where everyone needs to have their voice heard and participate in politics. There actually is an um, election coming up in two weeks, you know, that I'm excited about. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's super dope. You know, props to uh, New York governor and um, – Hopefully, other states will be able to move in his footsteps and make the right decisions when it comes to, you know, felons. And because I feel like a lot of times, like we talked about a million times on the show, you know, that group of people who have made mistakes, like we all have, they just recall, right. you know, mm-hmm. they're just yep. kind of thrown away right. and forgotten forgot about. Because I'm sure we all have done some shit that we can go to jail about, John. So, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I mean, they they just were forgotten about and you know mm-hmm. now that this is something small and slight but it still is a huge feat and you know a big deal so yeah yeah this and one another thing is too what i like because you know leaders aren't really like they, they're born i mean they're not born there you have to i feel like you have to work hard to be a leader and you know what i'm saying you have to know what the people want and all of that and i feel like this Right here, just like what they're doing in Memphis is literally leading by example. So these are positive things, and, you know, it can take take people a long way. So, yeah, this is awesome. All right, y'all. We will go ahead and move on to the next topic.
Okay, so according to Time.com, a Canadian woman was sentenced Wednesday to eight years in prison after attempting to smuggle millions of dollars worth of cocaine into Australia on a cruise ship. Melina Robert, she's 24, she pled guilty to smuggling 209 pounds of cocaine in 2016. The Washington Post reports that Roberg, she will at least uh, serve four years and nine months in prison without parole, and at some point she will be deported back to Canada. Um, she was she became known on Instagram and on social media as Cocaine Babe and Headlines as well. And her accomplice, Isabel Legace, 29, documented their travels by posting photos on Instagram accounts during the week-long cruise that stopped at, it was weeks long. It stopped at 17 ports in 11 different countries before ending in Sydney. And Roberg's account has since been deleted. She was she was seduced by the lifestyle and the opportunity to post glamorous Instagram photos from around the world. Judge K. Trill said in a New York, excuse me, a New South Wales state district court that she wanted to be the envy of others, but she doubted that she is now. When the ship arrived in Sydney, borders officials Border officials, they found 77 pounds of cocaine in Roberg and Legace's room. And then they found another 135 pounds in a cabin belonging to a Canadian man named Andre Taman. He's in his mid-60s, and this was reported from the Post. Authorities say that the three were charged with importing a commercial quantity of cocaine, which holds a maximum penalty of life in prison. Legace was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison, and Tamman is slated to receive his sentence in October. They were like really cute. I don't understand why they would do that. But they were just really stupid. Like really, yeah. girl, why would you boast about that type of stuff? Why are you bragging? Like that's crazy. Because that's what they do, honey. That's that's what they do on Instagram. You know, they put up a facade and live a luxurious life, and whole time be out here escorting or scamming, and you know. <laughs> Selling drugs, trafficking drugs, everything else, you know, and it's just mm-hmm. like we talked about this too a million times. People are going to wonder. Yep. Living this glamorous life, you don't come for money, you never talk about your job, you know what I'm saying? So obviously it's nothing that you're proud of. What are you doing to live this this life? You know? Mm-hmm. People hate people are mad about their own lives, so they're gonna do some investigating. I'm sure somebody tips them off. Not saying that it was right, you know, but right. I mean, y'all. They, if they were smart, love. if they were smart, they would have posted all the damn photos once they arrived back home. <laughs> right. Like, okay, now I'm back at the crib. Let me post these photos. I got my money. Everything's settled. Bills are paid. All right. Let me go back to work. You know, then post a couple photos. Like, truly enjoy my vacation from work. Like, you know what I'm saying? So was it their yacht? Was it like their yacht or what? No, they no, they were on a cruise. Wow. Yeah. And they would get cocaine every time. Well, they were on a cruise and they were trying to smuggle two hundred and nine pounds of cocaine to Australia. Um, but because of all this somebody obviously they tipped them off because the girls were posting all these photos, so by the time they arrived um, at the final port, at the final, you know, the last stop, they got taken to jail once they were raided. Yeah, that that's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, somebody clearly took them off, like, how are they here? How are they there? Like, you know, it's just, and you know somebody said something. So, yeah, 
Cocaine babes are in jail, one for eight, one for seven and a half. So, bad business. But they'll at least have to serve like four years. So, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. What? Well, we're going to go ahead and move on to that last topic of the evening, y'all. All right, y'all. Last topic. Um, Time Magazine released its list of 2018's most influential people this morning, and some of our faves made the cut. And this is according to the shade room. Of course, breakout star Tiffany Haddish and our good sis Issa Rae made the Pioneers list, along with Cardi B and Daily Show host Trevor Noah. Hitting the artist selection is Black Panther director Ryan Coogler and actors Sterling K. Brown and Lena Waithe, who made history last September when she became the first African-American woman to win Best Writing for a Comedy Series at the Emmy. Um, you guys can check out the rest of the list over at Time. Um, and also, Rihanna, um, Chadwick Boseman, uh, Virgil Abloh, I have no idea who that is, and Maxine Waters <laughs> are of this year's icons. Congratulations to everyone who made okay. the list. Are you excited that all this, you know, Yes, no, not no names. I know names. I know who who these people are. Like, that is absolutely amazing. And they have been influential, I feel like, you know. They've been, you know, showing us what you can do. They've been getting it popping. They've been successful. They haven't been getting into too much drama. And they're making some good, they're either putting out real good music or they're putting out real good movies. So, absolutely, or, you know, it's, it's amazing. I'm super excited. So, yeah, what what do you think about it? Obviously, you're excited, too. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought it was amazing, you know, that finally, I mean, we are starting to get some sort of recognition. And, you but, know, you know. Uh, being shown so many people, you know, that are important to me personally, you know, and, and I feel like, you don't realize because it is in our they're embedded in our community that you know they're affecting the masses like Issa Rae and Lena Waithe. You know, so I thought you know it was really dope that they made the list. Um, and I mean, like I said, it's about time. You know, we've been moving the culture. You mm-hmm. know, we've been making them the coins. So put some respect on our name. That's it. But have you noticed, like, since since um since Black Panther came out, like, a lot of commercials have involved, like, a lot more black people, and we've been seeing a lot, like, I'm, I'm just been noticing things, like, what in the hell is going on here? Like, they're, like, literally, I feel like trying to, like, tar they see, like, oh, shit, like, this movie has made so much money, they got money. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, let's try and target our audience, you know, to more black people. We know that we got the white folks, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, no, I'm not buying that Hyundai. Right. And as long as we know that, that's it. As long as we know that they're pandering to us, you know, you know, and we just focus and, you know, get our businesses popping and continue to buy from each other, you know, and support each other with the buying power, like how we support it, you know. Because we, like, like we said, when, when it's time to show up, we do, you know. Yeah. And we just have to continue that. That's it. Like, Black Panther is what? The highest grossing movie of all time now. Like, that is yeah. crazy. Like, that's crazy. It was a good movie. It was. It was really good. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. 
I agree. All right, y'all. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and now move on to that confession question of the day. And I'm just super excited about all of these people being nominated. Like, yes, it's just beastie. All right, y'all. So, confession question of the day. Don't forget to tag us in that, in, in, in what's your idea of traumatization, traumatization, traumatized, no, being traumatized as a kid. We want to know. So, um, do it on Instagram, confession to us, tag us in your scary movies. Jen, what movie as a child traumatized you? What movie or two? Um, I would say maybe Halloween H2O. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, like, I, you know, I remember watching that as a kid, and I became obsessed with horror movies at the same time. I was very terrified. Honestly, I feel like that's the reason I have anxiety, and I'm, like, always nervous, and I'm always, like, scared. Like, you know, because um, sometimes Chrissy works third shift or whatever, and I just be in the house like, Ugh, like, damn, should I go somewhere? I sleep with a night <laughs> like, you guys, I'm a bitch, like. Oh my God! No, you aren't. Yeah, no, I do. I'm. Serious. Why you just want to get you an alarm system if you feel like that? I mean, I do. I just don't have it. Like, I just haven't paid. But you put my business on the air, child. You know, I'm. Oh. I want to bite. No, you gotta break <laughs> to my house. I'm be up ready for your ass because I wake up with the quickness, and I will slice <laughs> you and shoot you the fuck up. <laughs> Yes, he would. So please don't bother. I'm scary, but I still got some hands, and I will die by mine. But, but yeah, I I mean, I don't know. That, and then also um, America's Most Wanted. I know that's not a a movie. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching Most Wanted, and I was being so terrified by that shit. That's because it's true. Like, it's different from watching a scary movie and then watching some shit on TV. It's like, this little girl was kidnapped. And thrown like bro, this shit scary as hell. Like this shit really happened up the damn street. Like what? You know, but yeah, especially when they when they was in Milwaukee, like with with the Cherry Street Mafia and all that shit. Like you oh, know, yeah. and that shit around the damn corner from where we grew up. So <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh lord. <laughs> Please don't let the mafia come over here. Like, for real. Huh? But um, I said, please don't let the mafia come over here for real. That's me. Right. Um, movies that scared made me scared. Um, as a kid, Scream. That shit was scary. I did not like that. Um, Halloween H two O was also really scary. And I wasn't the type of person that like, you know, it would if we would have like a like a movie night. You know, that's when like you would go to blockbusters, y'all. You would get some movies and like we we would like eat popcorn and stuff like that in the in the house though. And uh, watch movies. We go to Blockbuster and pick out a couple movies and stuff like that. And it was like my cousin, she would always want to pick out these scary ass movies. So we would have to like watch all the movies and shit. And like, bro, I'm there with my eyes covered, like, damn it, the whole time. Like, really? Like, this shit is horrible. I'm going to eat the candy. I hate scary. I still don't like scary movies nowadays. Shit don't even be scary. I still be like, let me just close my eyes real quick because I don't want to be startled, <laughs> nigga. Like, I hate being okay. startled. Like, you know, it's just like when you open up a can of biscuits or popping a balloon. I just don't like the fear of being startled or unknown. It's just, or corks. Uh-uh. I'm not good with that type of stuff. <laughs> so, so, yeah, tag us in that um, whatever kind of movie traumatized you as a child. We want to laugh. All right, y'all? So, 
We're going to go ahead and get ready and end the show for the evening. But before we end the show, Jeanne, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're confessing your love for this evening. Absolutely. So I am confessing my love for and again, this is something, I, that's all I do, because, you know, I'm not on social media, so I'd I be on the shade room and researching, <laughs> like, events and, like, reading shit and listening to podcasts. Because, so, you know, that's how I make, I make time pass when I don't have shit to do. But this mm-hmm. is also, of course, uh, these three medical doctors are on a mission to rewrite the narrative surrounding black men and black success. At first glance, some people wouldn't think that Dr. Pierre Johnson, Dr. Max Matt here, and Dr. Joe Simeon are all board-certified physicians. That's why they're making it their lives work to make sure other black men know they can do it too. If we had a dollar for every time someone said, you don't look like a doctor, we would be billionaires. They told um, the shade room, there's a perception in society that doctors can't look like us, and we want to destroy that first. The men are all graduates of Xavier University of Louisiana recently released their first book, Pulse of Perseverance, Three Black Doctors on Their Journey to Success. Um. All of us made it out from urban environments because we were naturally driven, but we, we were still in a transition period in our lives that shared of their college years. The book not only lays out all of their trials and tribulations on this path, but also some of the solutions on what we can do as a community to help change those daunting statistics. We want to empower and inspire all the kids who come from our neighborhoods and who look like us um, that they have way more realistic options at success None of those options have to do with what the media glorifies, sports and entertainment, uh, they said. Our overall mission is to change the narrative, shift the culture, and redefine the negative portrayal of the black male. The book is just the first step. They went on to say that the world still views black men in a negative light, and this is why we can be unarmed and shot like dogs in the street. And a large segment of our society still looks at those situations like we are somehow deserving of that fate. Um, the book highlights some of the barriers that black men face as a whole while trying to be positive contributors to society and reach the highest levels of achievement, they explain. So do not judge us for failing, for falling short if you know that our path is overwhelmingly filled with pitfalls. When asked what advice they give to the young black men trying to make it, they said the power of positivity and support of village is real. That's but, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's so awesome, and I, and I feel like that's something that's so necessary for, you know, us as black people to know. Um, actually, I have a black um, optometrist, well, ophthalmologist, like, uh, uh, you know, um, Dr. Hunter here in um, Durham, you know, so. And I want to say, is that the, the first doctor that I've encountered that was black? I'm trying and then, you know, from you know, meeting people from where I work. But as far as, like, my actual person that I went and saw, and I thought it was so dope, and that's why, like, I kind of made sure I stayed consistent with him because I'm like, yeah, and, he, and he's younger too. I mean, I'm sure he's, like, in his early 40s or, you know, but, I, you know, I, it's just so inspiring to see that. And, and today, like, I was talking to um, someone, and, you know, I, and I, this is, like, a, a, a gentleman that I've known over time, you know, and, um, from from work or whatever, and we just started having a conversation, and you know he was telling me that you know he you know he's retired and um, he does like consulting work. So I was just like, what do you what do you consult for? Do you know this man said cancer research? 
and he has a PhD from Harvard. You know, oh and it was a black, yeah, you know, and it was just like, and I was like, oh my god, like that is amazing, like, and I'm just like, why have you never told me you were a doctor? Like I, you know, <laughs> I, you know I feel like that's so important for you know, and, and not to get sidetracked, I, that's one thing that I have noticed, like with 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 black people that have excelled. They are some of the most humble people, you know, and so appreciative. And, you know, I knew that, you know, this man was of some sort of stature, you know, and, you know, I've always respected him and I've always treated him with the utmost respect. But just to know that, you know, and when he got into it, you know, and and I was just telling him my plan and my course of action and, you know, it's just always amazing, you know, to, to see, you know, black faces and black faces are winning in certain spaces so yeah yeah. that's absolutely amazing it's absolutely amazing well thank you so much Jim for sharing this story this evening it was absolutely wonderful and I hope that story inspires many of you out there that come from urban areas to keep pushing and people like you you can do it you can do it you can do it I mean you just gotta I mean, it's going to be many sleepless nights, like I said, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, feel, oh, yeah. I feel good now, but before, you know, <laughs> once, I know once I get on the show, I'm having, you know, I'm having fun, but it's before, I'll be tired as fuck, you know, <laughs> but I know it's got to get done. I'm not going to die. I said, you know, my stepmother, she did it for years. I remember she worked two full-time jobs, you know, so I was just, you know, seeing her and, and how much she inspired me and, you know, her being older, you know, 10, 15, 15 years older than what I am now doing that shit. So I'm like, well, if she can do it, I can do it. So it's just like, oh, yeah. you know, you just got to push yourself, you know. Yeah, it's going to work out in the end. It's going to work out in the end. That's right, y'all. It is. So on that note, thank you all so much for listening to our show this evening. You all can expect to hear from us next Sunday, April 29th at the same time, 6.30 Central. 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you. So don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Tag us in the drama. And send us those emails at confession the number 2 us at gmail.com. This is your host, Angel Bondrina. And I'm your host, General Bello. And you are listening to the one and the only confession. Confession! Good night, babe. Good night, janitor. Buffalo Wild Wings thinks your afternoons could use a little spicing up, so they're happy to remind you about, well, happy hour. You know the concept. Grab your friends and visit your nearest B-dubs to score $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms. There are beverages, too, like select domestic draft beers starting at $4 and deals on select liquors and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Which reminds me, I'm hungry, and happy hour is sounding pretty good right about now. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly. Void where prohibited. Buffalo Wild Wings thinks your afternoons could use a little spicing up, so they're happy to remind you about, well, happy hour. You know the concept. Grab your friends and visit your nearest B-dubs to score $4 shareables like street tacos, fried pickles, chili queso dip, mozzarella sticks, and roasted garlic mushrooms. There are beverages, too, like select domestic draft beers starting at $4 and deals on select liquors and house cocktails. Phew, that's a mouthful. Which reminds me, I'm hungry, and happy hour is sounding pretty good right about now. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports. Offers and participation vary. Please drink responsibly 
Void where prohibited.